Welcome to the Digging Six Feet Under podcast, where every week we review each episode of HBO's original television series, Six Feet Under, with your hosts and licensed funeral directors, Victor Rubio and Natalie Willis. Victor Rubio and I'm Marissa McHale and today we are here to discuss episode 9 of season 5 of Six Feet Under titled Ecotone. Today we have a very special guest and uh, I guess I could say returning guest. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Jeanette of the Humanology Podcast. Jeanette, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. If at any point we start laughing at an inside joke, it's because we recorded the whole first half and technical difficulties on both of our ends made us repeat this entire first half you're about to hear. So sorry for any of that. Um, there, there, there's a golden 45 minutes of the first half of this podcast floating out there somewhere <laughs> yeah. in space. Um, but I, w- w- worse things have happened. Right. So Jeanette joins us from the Humanology, po- Humanology Podcast, and I've mentioned her quite a few times. Uh, Jeanette, if you just want to tell us a little bit about your podcast... Again. Yeah, so it's it's called Humanology and it's available on iTunes and SoundCloud and it's my observations, like human observations, you know, different things that we notice and that we, you know, engage in but we don't want to talk about. So I talk about my own theories and I talk about work a little bit. I'm a social worker by trade, so I talk about social work, I talk about my family a little bit, but it's just kind of short and sweet episodes. I have a couple that are longer. One is titled Run and one is titled The Hike. And they're both very uh, personal to me, those two episodes, and they're they're longer than a few minutes. So, um, yeah, I enjoy what I do. It's, it's exciting to be part of the podcast world. And is the run the one with the heartbeat? Yes. 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 <laughs> yeah. If I were to guesstimate, do you have somewhere around 125 <laughs> listens off the yeah, top of my head? I do. <laughs> yeah, I do. Creep. Uh, <laughs> Uh, like I was saying, uh, Marissa's 120 of those. Uh, yeah, that was my favorite episode that Jeanette did. Um, I remember we listened to it for the first time in the car, and he just said, "Look, you know, listen to this episode I stumbled across, and it was really, really neat the way that it was produced by her lovely son Carson." And um, just big, big shout out to Carson. Big shout out to Carson. <laughs> uh, but just it was just a really interesting episode that I still think about um, months later. So that's you know, that's. Incredibly, incredibly well-produced podcast as well. Um, even though the episodes are short, they they, they pack a lot of content. Uh, you know, so like some of your first episodes were literally like ten minutes long, right? Right. They're they're all pretty much ten minutes or less. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Except the run one and the hike one, and then I did like a series of like challenges, and then those were about fifteen minutes long. And yeah, yeah, still uh, incredibly produced. Uh, So Jeanette joins us as a a big Six Feet Under fan slash possibly nerd. Yes, I'm a big Six Feet Under (laughs) nerd. I think I shared with you earlier that I have probably watched it about five times. And um, I don't know, it's it's something that I kind of come back to for comfort. Um, I do go to comedy and I sing in my car and I do other things for comfort. But something about Six Feet Under, it just hits home. I have a 
a business too. My husband has a landscape business and we used to live in an old general store. So it was kind of like, I have two sons, they have two sons. Um, and I can really relate to that, the home business end of it. Right, right. Not anything like Ruth, but. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> um, yeah. And so I just enjoyed just, I don't know, it's just something about it. It's super deep and I haven't found anything like that since. I just haven't. So I go back to it when I need to like have a touchstone. No, definitely. Uh, uh, I, I have, you know, you know, it's funny. I think that show for us, me and Marissa, I'll speak for Marissa here, is The Office. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. randomly put on episodes <laughs> and I, I belly laugh despite having seen that show God knows how many times. I think that's our favorite thing to do. <laughs> it's the office in bed. Office and, <laughs> yeah. uh, and ironically enough, um, uh, Arthur shows up in this episode. Quick question, uh, because let me just ask this. Jeanette mentioned singing in her car. Let, let me start with you, Marissa. Your favorite song to blast in the car. Oh, my God. I can't even answer. I, I it's don't... Whitney Houston. <laughs> <laughs> it is Whitney Houston, actually. I'm Which sorry. One? Which one? Which um, one? Probably I want to dance with somebody. You want to give us a little no. taste? No. Uh, Jeanette, your favorite your favorite song to uh, oh, I, sing out loud I in the car. I go back to like Barbara Streisand and <clears throat> a lot of 70s. Oh, wow. yeah. Like e- elevator music and just like my mom worked in a dental office for a lot of years. So it's just something uh-huh. about that dental office music just brings me back to whatever that that's all about. But um, I do that for stress relief a lot. Just sing in the car. And do you perhaps want to give us a, a snippet of what it no. sounds like in the car? No. Okay. What about you? <laughs> What's that? What's your go-to? So this episode. Uh, yeah, car. exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, wait, no. Oh, my God. I think we listened to some of them. No. I, I can't think there's so you have many a lot. my head. You I have, have a lot. lot. I know. Uh, actually, I can think of one. Go ahead. Um, I believe it was a song from the Disney movie Moana. And the seam is the sky. And there we go. Yes. Yes. That, yes. <laughs> yes. And then um, now we can get into the episode. <laughs> On that note. Uh, um, this episode, Ecotone, um, it is, it's one of those episodes that is like the, uh, the, uh, a trademark six feet under episode, if I could say that, because it really, you know, it's one of those things when you talk about the show, you know, you kind of talk about the ending, um, and the obviously, end game. the end game. You know, I've been saying every episode that you know this starts the end game. This starts the end game, and then we are fully entrenched. We are in what I like to call phase one of the end game. You reacted a lot better when I said this the first I time. <laughs> it was funny the first time. <laughs> I'm slap happy, and I'm a beer and a half in. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but it's good. Um, I'm in a good place. We're good. We're good. Um, yeah, so I mean, just just this episode and the idea of like what an eco. Well, I guess l- l- we could start with the the death capsule. Uh, and like I was saying, definitely probably the shortest one of the series. I mean, it started here. I mean, it has to be twenty seconds, if that. Right. And we see this cougar mall, Mister Matheson. So we have the on screen now. Okay. And I was saying before about how that cougar had to be CGI'd uh, from the commentary. That's actually. That cougar is real, wow. and he's uh, chew- chewing on chewing on a dummy. It's interesting to 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 note. Uh, our episode start of sort of starts. Uh, actually, I'm sorry. Let me go back a little bit. The definition of ecotone. That because I never even thought of what ecotone meant. <laughs> oh boy, uh, uh, ecotone, uh, a region of transition between two biological communities. 
Uh, neither of you knew what this was. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll speak in for Marissa. Didn't we, I didn't know what this was beforehand. I did not either. Jeanette, you did. You know, or you I didn't just, know? No, I just saw the episode five times, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I remembered it. And and the idea of what the ecotone is here, you guys were saying it better than I did. Yeah, kind of neat going back and forth between reality and I guess kind of life and living, and then kind of that weird limbo in between of death. I guess. Yes. 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 And our episode sort of starts out with Mag, uh, Nate being ushered into the ambulance and Maggie chasing her, chasing the ambulance of sorts. And what I brought, what I brought up in the last episode or last time we talked is that um, it's so soap opera. This episode is more <laughs> soap opera than any other one. And he said that in the commentary. He said he didn't want to get like a dynasty smackdown. That's what he said in the commentary. But again, she's running after the ambulance saying, wait, I am family. I'm his stepsister. And, um, you know, <laughs> and him sitting in the bed with the, the uh, you know, gauze around his head for the head injury. And some of the music cues, they, they you know, they cue the really soap opera music. And at those times, you know. It, it, it's kind of like General Hospital. Yeah. yeah. This, episode, this episode within itself. Uh, you know, you know, it's funny, too. Uh, the idea that, like, everyone sleeps with each other in this episode like you know, in, <laughs> I mean, in one room, they have three people who had, uh, well, you know, Nate with Brenda and Maggie. You guys brought up something, or I'm sorry, you have the email there, Marissa. Um, I, uh, earlier this week on Reddit, someone had brought up the fact of, I'm sorry, let me go back a little bit. This episode, I just cringe with everything Maggie has to go through. It's so, <laughs> it's so, you know, position I never want to be in. Let me ask you something. What would be worse? <laughs> than Maggie's position, maybe Brenda's. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm sorry. Uh, I guess, I guess in in terms of cringy, uh, a person who doesn't ma- like Brenda's going to have to deal with the whole of this, and Maggie just is going to go off into her own life. Like this is, you know, what I'm trying to yeah. say. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just, I just mean, what, what could? I mean, this is sort of like, uh, um. And she wanted to tiptoe out of there, but Brenda wouldn't let her have that satisfaction. Yeah, she 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 kind of bullies her her back in. Yeah. Uh, uh, but the idea of that, like Maggie, there's something about Maggie. She's not completely lovable. She's not hateable. She's kind of like somewhere in the middle. She's she's a sweet girl on the on the episode. If I uh, in the series, if I could say that. Well, yeah, even just the different back and forth that her and Nate have, like later in the episode, I won't get into it, but she, he said something, and she's like, "Oh, you're awful," you know, "Oh, you know," it's it's <laughs> like um, I don't know. She she said, "Oh, right at the beginning of their little relationship as stepbrother and stepsister," she said, "Let's make a promise to me. Don't ever lie." Ugh. Like and that's fine, <laughs> but it is kind of like. I don't know if I want to say manipulative, like it's a, a humble brag or whatever you call it. I don't know if that's a, hu- a humble brag w- w- would be a good thing. But uh, um, just the idea of like, what is it particularly about Maggie? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> so it's definitely her sucking on her lip, which you were getting at with Maisel Punham on Facebook or on Reddit, on Reddit. rather. Um, she kind of pointed it out or he pointed it out. And um Victor sent it to me earlier in the week and then both of us while watching realized that that's a thousand percent the reason that Maggie just sucks. Yeah. <laughs> just stop sucking that lip. Yeah. It's funny. I haven't seen her in anything since either. You know? 
And you know, uh, and, and to your point, I YouTubed her because I just I wanted to see, like, did she exist outside of the Six Feet Under world? And she has one scene with uh, I think it's Ryan Gosling, with some movie, and it, it was right around this this time of Six Feet Under two. And uh, you know, she's probably obviously been in other stuff, but uh, I, I guess more the idea that like. Just so cringeworthy for Maggie. This entire episode, yeah, was just <laughs> awful, you know. And then we 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 sort of see Maggie go through the <laughs> for like uh, orders of operation of just like you know we see Brenda calling Nate's phone, and so now Maggie, nope, yeah, you know, uh, let me call David from from Brenda's phone, and it's sort of like what do, what do you do? Like, yeah, I think that you just you call David so that. You don't have to kind of face what you just did, you know? Yeah. And she could, you could tell by the look in her face that she had that shame and that guilt. Definitely. Taking the role of, I'm going to do it all and help everyone. And I got this. Yeah. Even in the way he <laughs> looked at Keith and just said, call St. Bridget's. And, and he, the way they, yeah. when he spelled that doctor's name, how, how much <laughs> the, the doctor's name was spelled the most backwards way you could spell it. But of, <laughs> it was a deep hollow, but of course, yeah. David remembered because he's that responsible guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, to be, you know, we see Claire and Ted are on a, I guess for the first time in the series, Claire's on a uh, an adult date of sorts. And sort of the idea, like we were saying that, pol- you know, we, we, we're, we live in an age today where we think politics saturates everything you know we you kind of can't get away from from today's political climate and then sometimes you know you, you go back and look at some stuff and you're like huh maybe not maybe you know i think we forget how much uh bush was the butt of yeah. jokes yeah you know regardless of what side you stand on that's not the point it's just the point of how how you know the political climate was and obviously like we see here that um claire and ted have their their little um uh, political debate um the idea of like Claire, Claire sort of maturing in terms of having this conversation. Yeah, you can see the evolution of her character. Even my husband noticed. He's like, "Wow, she just looks like she's got herself together. She just looks put put together." You know, <laughs> he's, he pops in and out at different times of me binge watching, and he he's like, "Wow, she looks good." You know, so if someone that just objectively noticed that she was acting that way for the role, but. Yeah, it was kind of neat to see that. Let me ask you, Marissa, because Marissa, uh, I, I sort of had her six feet under training where I, I kind of made her watch really important episodes from the first few seasons. Who has been the most drastic change of the big characters? Cause, I mean, when she watched it, the first thing she said was like, oh, my God, baby Dave. Oh, my God, baby Claire. Yeah. Um, if I just, I know, pop quiz I'm throwing at you. Yeah. Like, who do you think had the biggest growth that you so i guess it would have to be probably between david or claire but Mm -hmm. then when you think of the growth Mm -hmm. like the growth between claire is that she can like kind of dress nicely and she's not doing drugs yeah Yeah. and the growth with david is that he's like comfortable with his homosexuality Mm -hmm. now has a family yeah like so i think i would i would definitely have to go david Mm -hmm. on that one just because his milestones were just that they were milestones whereas claire definitely evolved for sure but, um, you know, I guess more just I, I don't know if I would say Claire evolved as much as she grew up. I if that may, if there's a, even a difference. And there, if I don't she's know. 25 here, that means she can't. Well, man, uh, what's her name is going to massacre me. Uh, Who's on, uh, on, uh, yeah. on Instagram? Laura. Um, I get, but in the in the she was still in high school in the pilot. 
and now she's obviously where however old she is now um but yeah i mean she literally take take me at 18 years old compared yeah. to 23 I yeah would, i would have been different too and you know at 22 you said Nate and Brenda still the same. Oh my gosh, exactly the same. <laughs> they they have. You can not... take a scene from ep- the first episode and put it in a, a season and or an episode in season five, and it would be exactly the same. That's you wouldn't funny. even think twice. Did either of you pick up on the idea of like Claire? While, while we're talking about Claire's maturity, like at the end of this, right before they get the phone call, Claire was like really disgusted with him, or was she, was she just in like the heat of a debate? Per se. I think she was in the heat of the debate and like just kind of figuring yeah. him out, like who am I sitting next to and thinking about herself and yeah, you know, just I think she was in the middle of both both thought processes. Yeah, I think she actually says out loud, like, who are, who are you? you? <laughs> so I think that she's just there now. They're kind of getting past, um, you know, the infatuation with each other and the lust with each other. And they're kind of getting into substance. And there are definitely some differences that they have. Isn't between that each funny? Other. She said something so timely that time. She said, what are you, a redneck blogger or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nowadays, what would that could be compared to? Uh, what are you, a podcaster? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. What would that be like? Uh, what do you? What do you? Uh, I don't even I don't know. know. Like Reddit gets kind of some heat like that sometimes. Like yeah, I don't know. Like uh, what is that? A troll? Is that a troll? Yeah, yeah. I guess that, a troll. Is that right? what she's yeah. trying to say? Like a troll? I, I I I took it as she's trying to say like, what are you like? Some guy who sits on your computer and like rants all day about right. You know, just complains for lack of a better term. So we have the the episode on on a screen, and and Brenda just popped up. Uh, um, and, and I'll I'll get back. I I think it's important, and I don't think I've mentioned this to you, Marissa. Brenda's actually the the actress. She's actually pregnant here. Oh wow! She is ahead of where. Man, I forget. No, yeah, she's she's supposed she's showing more than she. So she's oh, yeah. in real life. She's later in the pregnancy than where the character Brenda is. Okay. Um, so that's why if you kind of see like, like, I mean, you know, it, it's nothing to put a, a stomach on a, on an actress yeah. and make them look pregnant, but you know, just the way a woman gets pregnant, just kind of like her neck and everything. You can kind of see it now that, it, you know, um, this first half for Maggie. And again, we'll, we'll get there. Cause I think there's a clear defining point for her. How funny is she had to tell the doctor they had sex so awkward but they never say the word sex no it's 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 all climax and exertion maybe Ex- yeah physical exertion <laughs> yeah that's it um and then kind of like colton was saying last week right but how the idea of like their sex was like passionate or was that you me that was you sorry uh that their sex was just a lot more intimate than than kind of it ever was between brenda and and yeah. nate but when brenda shows up and Maggie, Maggie's it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Ma- Maggie takes a little bit before she turns around. Like the villain. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think I, I was going to mention, too, the, the way it kind of, uh, ta- you know, this is the end game. And it kind of talked about, I guess, when everyone receives the phone call of Nathaniel's death in the first episode, Claire received the phone call right after she smoked meth in the yeah. first episode. And this one was her sitting next to a Republican with a very nice outfit on, <laughs> having a political discussion, 
So it just shows the growth and just like the beginning and the end of the series. Yeah, and and it's funny, just like uh, like you're saying, like there's a lot of phone calls here, just sort of like in the pilot, and there's a lot of it's very reminiscent of that pilot episode. And obviously, what uh, they were they weren't in the hospital, uh, they were in the morgue in that in that first pilot episode uh, when they have to go see Nathaniel. Oh, yeah. And then when Brenda, you know, when Brenda sees Maggie. I, be- I believe one of Brenda's first words to, I-, I think it's her first word at the hospital when she sees Maggie. Oh yeah, like what were you doing there? Yeah. And Maggie doesn't have to say anything. Like, oh, right. She immediately knew. <laughs> yeah, definitely knew. Mm-hmm. How, how terrible is that? I was just gonna say, how sad is yeah. that? When you're just like, yeah, I should have known. That's like the little faith you have in your husband in your marriage. You know, I just realized too. Nate has cheated on every single person he's been with in this in this series. Run. I think Brenda kind of brings that up. Doesn't yeah. she say like you can't stay faithful to anyone, not even yourself? Oh, he yeah. literally, he cheat. He's with. Oh, actually, you know what? I'm sorry. I don't think the first time around he cheated on Brenda. Brenda cheated on him first. And when I say cheated, she had an orgy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but when when he's with Lisa, he sort of kind of hooks up with Brenda, and then obviously you know what we're seeing now. Uh, um, Nate in the the first of his flashbacks or or his stepping in and out of the ecotone uh, he has with Maggie, uh, uh, and I, I sort of asked the question like, is this is this from Nate's point of view or it can't be from Maggie's? No, definitely Nate's. Like this is how he wanted it. To yeah. <laughs> Looking on the screen now, I'm just waiting for for it to Maggie to fear uh, bite her bottom lip. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, you know what? Now, now that I think about it, because Nate, Nate, last moment, you know, he kind of has this. Uh, he has a stroke, and next thing, he just wakes up. Like, is this how he? This is how he probably thinks it went, right? It could be, yeah. Like he's living in. He's still living in a few hours ago right. in his own mind, right? Despite everything that's gone on with him. Yeah, we don't know. You know, this is that ecotone, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Claire shows up and. I think it's important to note here that Claire, oh, I'm sorry, Ruth is totally, uh, totally gone from the episode in terms of she is out camping out there, you know, and all, all the rest of her family is is in here with with uh, Nate. Um, it's not while we say it's a soap opera and it definitely is, especially in a hospital here. Uh, there she is biting her lip. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, you know, like life isn't perfect, you know, like and, and it, it's funny that. While Ruth is going through her like little spiritual awakening or or whatever she's going through, like her son is literally dying. <laughs> yeah. With Hiram, <laughs> you're shaking your head. Ugh. Why? <laughs> he just creeps me out. It's funny uh-huh. because I don't get that creepy vibe, but I don't know why. Don't oh know my why, god, I'm so creeped yeah, out. I, I think he put he's on the level of George to me. Like he's just like a. I don't know. Like I respect him as an actor or something. And so um, I don't know. He doesn't creep me out, but I understand how he would creep you out. Maybe because yeah. I don't know. But again, I, I think I was talking earlier about how, you know, Ruth is like finding herself and becoming empowered by being able to tell him how she feels about him wanting to have sex. And he he was great. He He voices feelings and opinions. You came to me. You asked me to go camping, and then I was rejected. I'm feeling rejected. I really enjoy, I'd like that when a character can, I mean, a person, anyone, can say what they're really feeling. And I was yeah. proud of him, and, yeah. you know, and 
It is a bit, I mean, in life, in relationships, those moments are when we grow and learn. And so I think she was just yelling at him and mad at herself and mad at everyone. And just, I think she had to figure some stuff out. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The the only the only reason I get super freaked out by him or creeped out whatever is when they're sitting next to each other. She's and he's literally all yeah. over her. He looks like <laughs> he looks like a mama monkey picking through picking through her hair, like every single inch of her body. And she just is not like reciprocating yeah. at all. Like her body yeah. language is closed off. Like everything is closed off. He's like undoing her clothes, and she just. It's obvious she wants nothing to do with it. So it's weird that he's yeah. not picking up on those cues, which I think is what is making yeah. me well, creeped out by him. But I but I also I totally respect your opinion as well. Like I get that well, too, you know. Are you a you're a hairstylist, right? Yes. So he's a hairstylist. That's like you don't have sex with your clients. No, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. One, right? yeah. Definitely not. <laughs> so you know, and I'm thinking back, but he was like her original like side piece. I mean, like he was the one that she cheated on Nathaniel with. Yeah, right. And it, look at them; they look so similar in color, their skin color, hair color, and they both have this kind of like passive uh, aura to them. I don't know; they kind of match in a weird way, and I guess I don't get creeped out by them, but I can see how someone would totally. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I just wanted to mention again that they're. They're trying to have dirty talk, and <laughs> you know, I mean, all, all of what he's saying, you know, and it just Hiram's like, "Say my name, say my name." <laughs> I, I can't get a, ever as high pitched as Ruth, but you know, uh, Hiram, get off of me! <laughs> it's still too funny. Uh, um, the nurse, we we have the neurosurgeon show up and sort of tell everyone in the family what's going on. Um, I've never been in this position, but I think it must be frustrating to not know what's happening. And it's all, even Nate having a, a history of this. Uh, um, and this is where we sort of get Ted being assertive. Is assertive the right word to say? Yeah, I think so. Objective too. Yeah. That, that being objective and like not part of it, I guess that's what I took of it. But being able to just be that voice of, reason and he's gaining trying to gain understanding and collect evidence like a lawyer would <laughs> right right no i'm trying to i'm trying to i mean i would never i would always if i had those questions and i'm trying to think of like what if i if i knew something yeah um i guess i'm trying to put myself in the shoes of like if, if, if I, got, I, I guess uh -huh. for me, i was in the hospital when the kids were babies and i didn't have family around and so i had this lady advocate for me this like co-worker of mine and she knew all like the doctors that were important to know and she was that person for me. So I guess I, I'm really like, I see this, that, that character as the advocate and the advocate so important in social work and, and in any kind of field that you need some separation and distance from the problem yeah. and the emotion to kind of just ask for the facts, you know? And, and I guess it's funny too, because he's not asking anything wild. He's asking yeah. like, very second, to the second to the opinion point question. and yeah. are there any option other options i forgot what he asked but yeah uh and this is the scene here too where um the doctor calls maggie mrs fisher oh my god <laughs> yeah terrible it, it just oh my god it's the all, doctor's face too 
Yeah, he's like, you, oh, like yeah, oh. he was like, oh, like, <laughs> like you could just tell, like he was like, oh man. Uh, you know what's funny about that too? Uh, I was saying it last episode. I forget what I was referring to. Maybe it was with Dexter. Shit. Um, I wonder how often that happens, where a doctor, someone was cheat. You know, uh, someone has a medical emergency when they're cheating on someone. And that person has to rush them to the hospital. I don't know if this is naive of me, but I don't think it happens all that often. Oh no, no, I'm not saying it's Which like a, it's like a common, soap opera. I'm, I'm not saying it's a common occurrence. I just, I'm sure doctors have been in that position, right? I guess. Or know? how funny has it like if like someone has to get rushed to the hospital, like doing something really weird, like you oh, know what boy. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like that, that has to probably happen often. That definitely happens more often than yeah. I was surprised in one of your previous podcasts with Natalie how she had said that a lot of people die on the toilet. You know, uh, that is it's a it's a it's a hundred percent true, I and I've, I never thought of that. Oh no, it definitely it definitely happens. I, I'm saying that on, I mean, she's speaking from her experience, and I'm speaking from my experience. Where yeah, it happened. Um, enough enough to say that it wasn't like something that stuck out in my mind, you know, right. it was just kind of just whatever happened. Um, I'm just trying to think of other positions people would die in. I don't know what else. I guess we could, we could kind of uh, head over to, I guess the only mention of Rico and Vanessa this week, um, you know, uh, Vanessa just sort of has a realization of sorts that she loves Rico so much can I say it's hard for her to to go ahead with it, despite yeah. how much he loves her? Yeah. Well, and I th- and I think I was saying earlier, like she's like you know, again, marriage is hard. Marriage is especially a long marriage, and I think they're in it for the long haul. And I see the different like she was more submissive and subservient to him in the past, and he liked that. And he's trying to figure out his new role. She's trying to figure out her new role. They've swallowed their pride. They live together again. And I think it's just really trying to surface these feelings of trying to figure out what's next. How do I act normal and try to be authentic to myself, authentic to you? I don't, you know, especially if their roles were so kind of typical, like average, I shouldn't say caveman, but he was very, like he was the man of the house and she kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So I think she's trying to just kind of figure that out. And I, I loved at the end of that scene where. I don't know. They hugged and she put her head on his shoulder and he hugged her in a different way. And he, yeah. he looked really vulnerable because he was in his jammies, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, again. you know, and I was going to and I think to your point, um, I was kind of questioning like why. I mean, obviously, this is all this episode is moments after our last episode ended. But I was kind of like, why is this during the nighttime? Like, why are they? I mean, they made they made it a point to be like in the middle of the night, sort of thing. And I, I guess that's it. Like, I guess they're both being a little bit more more vulnerable at that time of night. I don't. Yeah, know. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if something wakes you up, I guess the only thing time I've ever been woken up in the middle of the night is a pain. Like, you know, I've had like labor pains. You know, right. and a couple of distressing moments in my life. Those are the only times you really wake up in the middle of the night. So I think they were trying to really drive that home that it was distressing yeah. enough for her to wake up and deal with that emotion. And she, she's been shut down for so long. Like she is a total, you know, whatever, insert that word. And, and we, we, we are all mad at her for acting that way and like just annoyed with her, but we're supposed to be because now we're supposed to see this vulnerable side and this, like the surrender, I guess. 
just in turn, just like we were saying last week, just how these episodes they they like it like, kicked up another level. Uh, I wish this happened between them, you know, six. Seven, yeah. I guess also too, like it takes time for that to yeah. happen. It just it was just threaded so slowly and and non eventful. Well, you know, I w- I wish they would have been seeing other people more. Right. Or, again, like I was, I, I'm repeating what I said last week. Maybe Rico made this and turned this into. You know, so focused on the business or, or whatever. The and we're so we're so against the duality of watching the other characters evolve and grow in, in more of a fast way. And this, to yeah. me, is so symbolic of marriage. This is what it's actually like to be married. <laughs> the grind of the grind of trying to figure out your own happiness and the happiness of a couple, and then working this crap out of when you're going to make pizza on Wednesday nights and stuff. Oh, I want and, pizza. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, that's uh, um, yeah, no, it's it's uh, I guess I guess take it from someone who knows, right? Like we're not, uh, what, what? yeah, no, it's just interesting because yeah. I mean I work, I work with couples and yeah, this is the like, the marriages that stick it out, and I won't get into this too deep, but like yeah. in in couples, it's so much easier to turn around and walk away and not deal with your own shit. Yeah, but the heart is to turn towards each other as a mirror and look at not only your own stuff but their stuff that's the hard work and that's what they're doing in the middle of the night i mean that's that's growth that's vulnerability surrender that's all that hard stuff that it takes a long time to get there and people just give up usually i mean 50 percent of people break up i have to say i i thought i thought um rico and vanessa was literally going to be a mention and move on but it's kind of yeah. amazing, and I think I think to your credit that you kind of <laughs> that, that you had a lot more to add to uh, Rico and Vanessa than than I even thought was there. So back to the hospital, they're in the surgery surgery waiting room, and Maggie, feeling pretty lonely, decides to leave. Uh, power move by Brenda, <laughs> like you know, no, 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 shut it down, shut it down. You're, you're gonna you're gonna stay right there, and th- this is this is her. Being for proper for good reasons, being a bully, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, of, of course, you want Maggie to stay there for reasons of of in case she could help Nate's situation, but also like, yeah, like like you were saying, Marissa, like, no, I'm gonna interrogate you, and I'm gonna make it super awkward, yeah. and uncomfortable yeah. on you. <laughs> uh, um, and you could just tell, like. Like at least in that instinct, or that instant rather, um, like Brenda is just so much stronger than like Maggie. Literally looks like she's gonna burst into tears or just crumble like at any second. And Brenda's just not. Brenda's just like yeah. a, a bulldog. Like she's and that's just her husband. Go- yeah, right. and she's just like going at Maggie. You know, and yeah. I think that she's almost like feeding off of Maggie's weakness a little bit too. Oh yeah, definitely, you know? definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, I, I never. <laughs> and there's Marissa, one nothing. <laughs> She's dancing right now. God, oh boy. Um, but no, that really is a good point. Like, like, a, like a bully, right? Yeah. Like, I know, I know you're going to, I know I can bully you. Therefore, I'm going to do it more. Right. And then all the while, um, in front of Claire and Ted, making it worse. We have a little scene with Brenda and David talking, and none of us could picture or or bring up the last time Brenda and David had this uh any meaningful conversation (laughs) you know we uh, 
something we didn't mention that well, we find out that she's going to have a girl and that they're going to going to name it Willa. I had no symbolism for the name Willa. No. I don't. It's a pretty name. That's yeah, all I. It's cute. David mentions that he is a feels like a lioness with his cubs and even though we have a cougar in death capsule I think that's maybe intentional intentional uh, uh writing uh, um the neurosurgeon comes out with the news that Nate be in, may be in a coma and will have damage to his right side it, so we this is where we see Nate in the bed cuz this is where the second the second uh flashback sort of starts with him and Brenda Cause he's not like in the side anymore. He's in. I, th- I believe we see him in the room. I'm not totally sure. We should play. Yeah. Um. But th- this second flashback is with with Brenda, uh. And you know we were talking like how. I guess Brenda's not mean. Um. What's the word you want to use for Brenda in this flashback? Like stern. Stern. Very stern. And yeah. this is again from Nate's point of view. I felt like she was a little. I don't know, like evil, but I, mean, I don't know why I think evil. It's just the lighting and the color, and and yeah, and her outfit, like yeah. definitely got those vibes. And um, as we were discussing earlier, I kind of felt like I agreed with both of them. Um, like yes, Brenda and Nate are not a good fit, but I also don't agree with Nate that that's that Maggie is a uh, his soulmate and meant to be, you know. Right. Um, at the end of it, Nate says, it's better this way and you know this. And um, I think it's like Brenda doesn't want to accept it, but she has to know. I mean, they're not they're not good together. They never were. Well, and Brenda's sitting there with her his baby in her and he, she's raising his own, his kid. And how hard is that to kind of wrap your mind around, you know? Yeah. All of it. Yeah. Um, And, and, and something I... We, we were seeing before that Brenda, when you're saying that Brenda's mean, she's dressed. She's I don't want to say she's dressed mean. She's dressed with power, <laughs> if I could she's say that. She's dressed like an evil villain from Disney. <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> yes, uh, like Maleficent or something. Yeah. Uh, and then again, uh, in an episode, in an episode where a main character dies, there is a lot of humor in this episode because uh, uh, Brenda has the line of. You know, you slept with her once, and now you think you owe your life to her. <laughs> what are you, fifteen? Uh, uh, and I guess, like we were saying, like very egotistical. Like, oh my god, this is my first experience, and everything. You know, like Nate's forty. <laughs> yeah, he should know. Like, well, you know, and, and and again with with a marriage to turn to each other and have these hard conversations and grow through them. They are kind of a toxic couple, but I mean. They are kind of meant to be too, in a weird way, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, just like like a like an everlasting life of misery. Well, yeah, and you bring between you them, bring kids in it. I mean, here, you know. Yeah. I mean, again, if Maggie didn't happen, uh, something else would have happened. You know. Definitely. Uh, yeah, and, and just like we were saying last episode, Maggie is just a symbol. She was that was going to happen regardless. <laughs> We, I'm sorry. We we have the scene on it where where she tries to get up and leave, and there she is, like you know, biting her bottom lip again. With all of that being said, if this first half was a little clunky, it's only because we 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 repeated a lot. Uh, I believe the the leaderboard is Victor one, Marissa zero, no, Jeanette, Jeanette no. seven thousand. Um, <laughs> uh, I guess with that being said, we could take a much needed break. Thank you.
And now, some advice from our sponsors. Where are you going? You can't survive out here on your own. You have no wilderness skills. Oh, go give yourself a hand job. And we're back with part two of the podcast. Uh, something I wanted to bring up because I'm now, after this, we will be three episodes left. I've been sort of struggling. Now, I don't want to say struggling. Let me say, I know how I plan to do the last episode. You do know or you, do know or you don't know? I do know. And I'm like 99.9% uh, confident of what I'm going to do with it. I, I was going to just bring up if anyone has ideas out there or what they think would be smart because, you know, th- there is I, I, I've thrown the idea out there a couple times just with, you know, how do you tackle that that the last half hour of the finale or just a finale in, in total of, of, a, of, of a podcast and a TV show. So, yeah, if you have any ideas or what what you think or what you think it sounds like. Uh, feel free to we're, we're we're on Instagram at digging podcast email uh, digging six feet under at gmail dot com Twitter digging podcast um, feel free to just float out ideas because I I'm pretty confident in the way I want to do it and just how I had it wrapped up in my head but uh, I always like hearing from other people so guess we could start with uh, Nate sort of wakes up from the coma well, not sort of he does and Brenda's right there. When Brenda asked Nate, who am I? Did you guys think he was going to say Maggie? No. 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 Oh, I, because I had that slight pause of like, oh, no. Uh, on the commentary, he had said that like Nate was trying to process how much Brenda knew. Like, that's why he has a pause. I just kind of took his pause as like, uh, I just woke up from a coma. Yeah, that's how <laughs> I took it. Huh. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, no, I just that I'm 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 taking that from from the the commentary. Um, I love that within moments of Nate coming out of the 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 coma, he's like mad already that Maya's with Margaret. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. It, it, it it didn't take him how many minutes of of. Well, they go right back into their uh, negative patterns. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. You how know, quickly we do that, right? You know, unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately, but you would think when you're waking up from a coma, you wouldn't. Yeah, right. This the, the the doctor comes in the next day, and this doctor knows absolutely nothing. Well, he knows everything we all already know. Yeah. What was the point of that? I couldn't like get a, a read on like why does this why why is this doctor intentionally not intentionally just repeating everything, and you just see the family Fishers, everyone there getting frustrated. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. It was just like a weird. But we get the new... It's funny how they sell it, right? Like, oh, he'll be fine. And within two weeks, he'll be walking. <laughs> you know, way different than what would actually yeah. uh, ends up happening. And, you know, just like just like you were saying moments before, like, you know, he wakes up and they already go into negative patterns. The idea that moments after this horrific surgery and kind of close call, like, with death, Brenda and Nate can't even, like, say anything to each other. It's just kind of like, I'll go get Maya. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah. But it's like they both know. Like she knows what happened and he did what happened. So like what is there to say? Yeah. Yeah. 
And I think she's trying to read him, but how do you read someone that just comes out of a coma? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, just, and, and, and add to it, like, how do you read a person who just came out of a coma who also just had sex with someone however many hours ago? Yeah. <laughs> like, just all of it. Yeah. Ru- we see Ruth that is she's um, hilariously collecting wood with, with Hiram. Probably one of the funnier scenes of, of the entire series where Ruth is like, <laughs> go give yourself a job i can't even say it without laughing <laughs> and the way she says i'm not a receptacle you know it's, yeah it's yeah. just so like oh, i don't know it's so ruth you know it's yeah it's so i don't know it's just like the worst case scenario of like what i don't want to turn out to be like <laughs> yeah you know oh. and and then in an episode where where ruth is the comedic relief i mean ruth going like through her rolodex of former lovers yeah just all of it uh uh who's the we see nikolai is one of the oh no first we see hiram yeah arthur not arthur his name arthur on the show yeah his name is arthur (laughs) i I get now i get confused between dwight dwight and arthur and just just this hilarious you know ruth with a shotgun It, it it's it is one of the things six feet under is known for like just the uh darkly comedic take on like a a dream if i could say yeah these are the this is the reasons why I watch Six Feet Under. I mean, really, yeah. Just these whatever these clips are, these kind of like theatrical, musical. I don't know what they are. Just like the pantyhose, you know. Yeah. These are the reasons why I watch, and this is what I'm looking for in another series, and I just can't find it. You know. <laughs> and you know, it's funny too. Like Dwight, Dwight's mention of it is "Let's make love by rubbing heads together." <laughs> <laughs> And that was just such a great, like, you know, I love that they said that because it was just like, are you kidding me? You know? And just so unexpected. Right. And then, like, once you're in it, you're like, yes, this is exactly what it should be. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I guess we could kind of close up some of Ruth here where she comes across this. I don't know what to call this. I had I have it down as an. Asian yoga retreat. Yeah, I had I was a little lost. Well, I had no clue what that was. Doing like tai chi. Okay. And so they're just you know tai chi is like a three steps under yoga of relaxation and meditation. It's you know so and you know it's mostly is it Chinese people? Is that what that is? I shouldn't. I, I honestly yeah yeah. It's just another example of Ruth talking to strangers about her problems like with the knitting <laughs> circle is the same thing those weren't her friends you know and i think it just yeah. highlights her loneliness and and just i don't know it's sad that's all it is it's just sad and and just seeing like you know we we were i, I don't know if it was last episode but you imagine how hard it is being friends with brenda and where she just unloads on you and same thing with nate nate walks into maggie's unloads on her and like here's ruth you know, getting two random, totally random strangers and filling them in on on her her love life is just well, especially when you need a trans a translator to do it. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't even I didn't even add that to I mean, it. That's just one more separation of intimacy that they had, yeah, like shown us. Like she's just so hard to be intimate with the people she loves, but she can be intimate with strangers and you know someone that doesn't even speak English. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we see T. Uh, Claire sending Ted off and I guess even and as we as we've been mentioning this is kind of like the first few episode stretch where Claire 
like isn't on any drugs or anything. She's just um, the straight life, right. or for lack of a better term, you know. Uh, how do I say? I don't want to say closing thoughts on Ted, but Ted's Ted Ted turns out to be super sweet. Yeah, Marissa, what did you think about their interaction in the parking garage? What did you think about that? I thought it was I thought it was nice um, when she said, or maybe he said, I'm not quite sure. Um, like, thank you for waiting in the the hotel or the hotel, <laughs> the hospital waiting room. Um, you know, you didn't have to do that. And then he said, like, oh well, you would have done it for me. And she said, well, now I would. Yeah. So like that was like kind of funny, but like kind of cute at the same time. Yeah. Um, no, I liked it. I I feel like um like sober Claire is yeah. nice it's a nice change of pace she does she's not so up and down yeah so yeah, she, you could tell i enjoyed it she just was yeah that i guess it's a great word sober like symbol symbolically and literally you know yeah and i was really taking that the thread of her and ruth like like ruth said that same thing like once i get intimate i lose myself so I really yeah. thought of Claire right there in that moment. Was Claire losing herself because she kind of was falling for someone? I, I don't know. It was just something that, again, we could talk about for hours. But Ru- Claire yeah. reminded me of Ruth a few times in this episode. She was kind of sitting really close to Nate and kissed him on the cheek and really was trying to comfort Nate when you know Brenda was so distant. So I just kind of had that thread between the Ruth and Claire. Uh, I think it's funny that both Claire and David sort of share the Ruth yeah, role. Yeah, uh-huh. You know, they, they, little by little, for her not being there, they, they kind of make up for it. You know, and, and we're getting into the part now where Nate sort of has his final goodbyes with everyone. You know, obviously without knowing. Uh, um, even though, you know, we see David at the end. But, you know, if you caught the the mention that David says... And it, it's just that one line, like we don't even know what exactly they were talking about. But David goes, "All I could think about during parent-teacher conferences is how I wanted to smoke a joint." Yeah, that to me was so in- interesting that you picked up on that because it was like a background statement. It wasn't like a. Th- yeah, that's what I mean. It was a total one-off. Like you have no idea what their conversation. But leading was. into Nate's next dream state, think about what David is doing. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that that's why I found yeah. it so funny, uh, and it kind of had me as one of those things. Like, you know, if I randomly bring up uh, Ducktales, for some weird random reason, Ducktales will be yeah. in your dream. You know, just one of those things you just kind of right. grabbed. And David, so David says this right before Maggie comes okay. in, and this is where my confusion with Maggie lies, because Maggie's all about it now. Yeah. It's like they're not hiding anything. Not hot, yeah, and she's very intimate with yeah. him. Yeah, because they're in that trance, you know that 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 love trance. I mean, like yes, but also like I mean, the night before, like when she showed up, how did she know Brenda wasn't there? And again, it's a TV show, right? Yeah. But like how how you were just sort of, if I can illustrate it, like she was just at the scene of the crime, and then she comes back, you know. 12 some odd hours later and she's just kind of like who knows what would happen if <laughs> no one else was around you know i don't know it, i i was i was cringing for maggie the entire episode and having forgotten that this scene happened i was kind of like well now i don't know how to how i how i how to really feel about maggie 
I love how Nate said, you make love to someone and your head explodes. <laughs> That's a good sign. How yeah. is that a good sign? It's so like, it's so 15 year old. Yeah. That, that whole like little back and forth between them is very high school. The way she's like, oh, you're awful. When he said something, when he said <sighs> the head exploding thing, oh, you're awful. You know, it's like, it's like, are we trying to like, you know, hook up again? Or are we like, I mean, you know, began also her, her tone and her biting her lip and her shame has been over her yeah. face the whole time. And then here you are flirting again, like in the cafeteria with a 15 year old. So it is surprising. It is. And then it kind of makes you wonder, even though, you know, we, we have been seeing five seasons of this makes you wonder what, what happens. Nate, Nate gets out of the hospital and everything's okay. Uh, we, we kind of know already. Cause I bet you once he gets with Maggie, someone else shows up or Brenda, you know, he sort of <laughs> returns to Brenda or whatnot. Uh, um, but it's just funny, like, yeah, that that scene was just kind of like, oh, God, never right. mind. <laughs> I don't feel as bad for you, Maggie, right. anymore. R- Rico pops in, and, you know, that's where we sort of get the mention of the ecotone. And, again, this is the, that's the last time he's going to talk to Maggie. This is the last time he talks to Rico. You know, as business partners, and Rico's been working there since he was in school, right? Like, uh, Mr. Fisher, Mr. Fisher, Nathaniel put him through school. You know, how long have they been working close together and everything and all they could kind of talk about is business, (laughs) you know, just kind of funny. Uh, um, Then again, like Rico, you know, Rico, we all talk about evolving and everything. Rico hasn't. His character is kind of one note. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of like a jab to Nate. Nate is laid up, you know, had just had brain surgery and he had to show up in his suit and jab. Oh, I can't stay. I got an intake. <laughs> I mean, that's a to a man's livelihood and a man's ego. That's gonna be hard for. I mean, he knew that that would hit Nate where it hurt. You know. Oh, see, I I'm I am going to respectfully disagree only because, you know, we kind of seen the less. I I don't know what Nate does at the funeral home because even oh, when yeah. he, <laughs> even, You're right? I remember you saying that. Yeah, like I don't, I don't. I think he's more than happy to take as much sick time as he can. I guess more of the I can go not be in bed, I guess, to your point, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of like um, showing off again. Like Rico likes to show off, you know, and, you know, like strut around and yeah, let everyone know how hard he works. Yep, yep. Uh, I guess we could take a little bit moment to mention that Anthony is freaking out at the hospital, sort of reacting or acting out of character uh and because you know we learned from Darrell that her her, his mother used to OD and they'd always be in and out of hospitals um I maybe you guys have more on it sad (laughs) yeah I mean it's just really typical with foster kids to of course be triggered by stuff that you would have no idea you know yeah it's definitely sad. I thought it was really funny seeing Darrell play um, whatever card game gambling with that with uh, Charlie. Yeah, Chuck. I think it was his Chuck. Um, I thought that was really cute. And um, while it was really sad to see Anthony um, kind of act out because we've never seen him really in that um, in that form, I thought that they're looking more and more like a family, which is nice and cute and. Um, even though Anthony was uncomfortable at the hospital, the family themselves f- seem really comfortable together. So I thought that was like nice. Nice scene. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was. And and Durrell was dressed a little different. He was more like acclimating to the life of Keith and David's son. You know, he was yeah. like pre- preppy all of a sudden. You know? we, we have it on pause here. And actually, yeah, he's like in a nice plaid shirt. That's funny you bring that up. Two things I want to mention here. On the commentary, the route that they wanted this story to go. It's funny. Now that I'm thinking about it, now that we're talking about it, it was poorly written on one side and brilliantly written on the other. Because this whole this whole storyline with, with, with David and the kids is supposed to be David was sort of acting like life and everything is okay with Brenda. And then this was supposed to show like he has no handle on the kids. That was at least from the uh, the commentary. Secondly, that character, Chuck, in my notes, I have, what were they trying to do? What was he supposed to represent? You know, he's in there intentionally and he has, you know, three lines and like you said, the card game. There was a lot more scenes with him, but it just didn't vibe with the episode. So they cut a lot of his uh, uh, stuff out. It's just odd to have a character in there that's <laughs> really serves zero purpose to the plot line at all. Maybe just to like better portray like a typical hospital setting. I don't know. Yeah, no, no, like like that's that's yes. Uh I just think like again, like he said, like he had a bigger role, they cut it down, and when you do that, if you just take a few lines, he just looks weirdly mm-hmm. installed in the episode. Yeah, he's almost like a reality check or reality like touchstone, I guess. Yeah. You know, we don't have any other storyline in this in this episode. Like there's no funeral home, they're not showing the the funeral or the other family and so really it's probably just a reality script right in the script you know i i i don't know who's to blame here we, we see brenda brings maya over and they have the divorce talk i guess yeah. i could say this is where the soap opera is just so oh know, god the yeah. music <laughs> and her like flipping her hair it's like in a soap opera they go into a corner and they turn around <laughs> you know, dramatically. I mean, do you do that when you're talking? Like, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> and then his head bandage. I still can't get over the head bandage. <laughs> That's really funny. I mean, it's it just, you know, again, like, it's just, the, it's a soap opera if someone else walks into the room. But it's a good episode for uh, the fans because we, it's yeah. rich and it, it takes care of a lot of business, you know? I feel like also um, just to prove to the point that Nate and Brenda don't fit, you know, there's there's so many different ways that couples handle situations and like Nate and Brenda clearly just argue and fight with each other and nothing ever gets resolved. Like they never work on anything together. And we've jokingly said like in one episode they're fighting and hating each other and then in the next episode they're like looking through a photo album and like so in love um it just seems like nothing gets resolved and they don't even know how to talk to each other so i think that i think that when nate brings up um like the divorce aspect and then brenda just kind of immediately goes into what she knows and just goes into getting upset and and arguing and you know, that's how they handle situations, which obviously that's not how you should handle a situation with your spouse. And then Nate just says, um, you know, I'm done. I'm not I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to argue. And in the past, I feel like he always has. He's always, you know, but that's that's literally how they communicate with each other. So I think like him saying I'm done and not doing this was like really like a 
bigger closure than those words that he spoke you know yeah, right he surrendered it's like him finally yeah and it's like him finally kind of re- reacting differently and it's almost like one of those things that i feel like brenda was thinking like if i get mad and if i maybe say some hurtful things like he'll get mad back he'll react back and even if he do- even if in his reaction it's saying i want a divorce i don't want to be with you it's still a reaction and emotion but him saying like i'm not going to do this i'm not going to argue like that's just like wow like he's got nothing <laughs> yeah it's everything you said is yep spot on uh and then you know it's funny to to add to that this is brenda's second time coming to nate saying i surrender i i will do you know i'll i'll give in mm-hmm. and it's crapped out on her twice yeah you remember the first time a few episodes ago she comes to the funeral home and she's just the way she sees uh, nate with maggie it kind of just flips everything she just thought and then here again now (laughs) nate you know flips everything on him uh um the timing of it like this is not something that could have waited yeah uh um yeah it's just god um but you know Nate, nate always has a soft place to land he always can just live at the funeral home. I mean, <laughs> I hate to say it like that, but I don't know. It just seems like he just likes to take that that route a lot. Like he can just bail. Yeah. Know? Like, and there's a joke somewhere in here, and I'm not creative or clever enough to to make it. But like, like what does one narcissist say to the other? Because like the last thing Brenda says is like, "No, you're a narcissist." Yeah. <laughs> and it's like one. Well, you know, it's the what do they say? The the pot calling the kettle yeah. black or whatever. Yeah, you know. Definitely. But just like, yeah, of course, look at you too. Right. <laughs> Our episode closes out with Claire leaving. Uh, still no one have no idea where Ruth is. And, you know, going into it, well, first of all, his, like, you know, Nate's final moments are with his siblings. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, at least his awake moments. It, it's Dave, uh, David and Claire, and, and Claire leaves. I know Jeanette did. Did you catch what was on the TV yes, screen? Yes, I did. Marissa? And this is where I'm going to get really nerdy. Go ahead. Like, go this ahead. It's like the highlight of my nerd life. So I've binge watched this you know, series five times, I think. And I've watched this episode like probably four or five times this week in preparation for us talking. <laughs> I'm full disclosure. But so today, Carson, my producer, noticed something awesome. We were watching that scene where the, the you know the birds are diving into the water. Yeah, and and David said something like, um, "Oh, I don't know what he asked Nate, but Nate's answer was I am. Are you tired?'" And Nate's answer was "I am," and that was the last words he uttered. And "I am" means like close to God. Oh yeah. wow. Interesting. Yeah. Carson watched Lost like a bunch of times, and Lost is very oh weird boy, like yeah, that. yeah. So yeah. it's just so cool. Every line in this next dream sequence, every shot is so symbolic. Every line, <laughs> every shot. Uh, let, let me say one more thing. Uh, um, you know, because obviously we have you know the idea of like death being water, whatnot, right? right? Um, I also had it as like. That is an animal going into another ecotone. Oh, yeah. Because if you want to consider like the water, the ocean, a, a completely different you know region than than what yes. we are. And then we 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 start we start the I guess what what's 
<laughs> sort of five seasons worth getting into uh, Nate's death scene. Let me let me let me start something here because funny how it how it end caps. It starts by going with Nate's eyes, like we go into Nate Nate's mind. Um, and, and you notice it's. If you notice, it's light. the The scene turns light, like he's going into the light. Right, right. And I didn't notice that until I paused it after he said "I am." Yeah, and I, I paused I, it. I didn't even notice it until you said it, and like it just the the scene reappeared in my head. But uh, go ahead. I, I I know you have everything and more you want to say. Okay, so so here we, I don't have the scene pulled up in front of me, but okay. what I do I remember that the first shot is him laying in bed and you notice his feet are dangling off the bed, so it must be his childhood room. Yeah. And then you hear David calling and David, you know, he goes out and that song starts. And that song has been in my head for like the last couple of weeks, knowing that <laughs> he, you know. And that song I kind of looked into it and been listening to it. That strawberry Letter number, tw- Strawberry Letter 23, is mm-hmm, that it? Mm-hmm. And it's just basically the songs about a guy and a girl, a girl writing him letters. And I think um, he's just anticipating the letter and thinking about the letter and thinking about what can be, but not what is. So it's kind of like symbolic to Nate laying in bed and waiting to die, right? Yeah. But it's just a sweet, sweet song, too. I love I love that. I'd like mm-hmm. the person to sample that, you know. Um, and so he goes outside and, and I mean, everything about that scene, you know, we, we hardly recognize David and, and they talk about that in the commentary. Yeah. It it takes us a minute to recognize David. David would never do this. Yeah. Throw throw a cigarette out and put it out (laughs) on the, the, the property of the funeral home. Right. And every morning gets up and you know and cleans it yeah. cleans that, right? <laughs> right you know and so just to see everything that's different about david and i guess i'm thinking because of his last statement i just wanted to smoke a joint you know yeah yeah and how rare i mean i didn't even know that about david i knew he maybe i think that he they showed him take a hit once at maybe a party i think so too i think you're right so i was kind of like okay you're giving me some kind of you know, I guess it's not so crazy to hear that. But so here Nate is smoking pot with him and he looks so different. And they're in the back of that bu- the van. And I love this line. Where's your suit? You know, funeral suit. <laughs> I'm wearing mm-hmm. it. I wish they would have named the, t- that, the episode, Where's Your Suit? I'm wearing yeah. it. Right? I mean, that's just so awesome. And then um, just that whole. Okay. So then the dad, you know, he, he where are we going? He didn't know where he's going. And we've been waiting for this our whole lives. Yeah. And dad abruptly breaks. And this is where I get kind of symbolic here. And you can just cut me off whenever you want. No, no, keep going. You're saying everything I wanted to. Okay. Dad says, and I just, it just hit me today. What he meant. Do I have to separate you two? I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what that meant. And I think I know what it means. Do you have an idea? Do you have a thought? I have it, but I'll let you keep going. I think he he means by death. Do I have to separate you two? No, uh, uh, I'm fully on a hundred percent agree. Okay, because uh, because it is Nathaniel, and it is you know Nathaniel. Nathaniel is is the uh, he he's the looming figure, the looming dead figure over everyone in the show. Right, and you know it's totally a throwaway line if you're not. If you're not watching this with intensity, let's like, say like us, right? Yeah. 
And then and then he says the line, and if you're if you're looking at stuff to sort of connect, and it's just like, oh my god, <laughs> right? You know. And so symbolically, I need to really go there. So we're talking about a a man that has a family business with his two sons. So the pressure that that kind of has in a family is immense if you let it be immense, you know. Yeah. And so here we are. Then now. They're looking outside, looking at the ocean, looking at the waves. And then David starts to change back to original David. Yeah. You can kind of see he's getting stressed again because a minute ago he, <laughs> he wasn't, right? <laughs> and then they get out of the van and the placement of where they're standing by the van. Nathaniel's in the back, David's in the middle, and he's, he's back to normal David, stressed out David. And then right. and Nate's in the front. So to me, it's... it's um. Nathaniel, okay. Nathaniel is the businessman, but he's also the pot smoker. <laughs> and he's also the guy with the room, the private room, right? That he he escapes. Yeah, to. yeah. So there's that duality of, you know, here's those two kids. David is the businessman, Nate's the pot smoker. So here, you know, it's just, it's just like that, the separation and, and he's letting him go. He wants him to go be free, go die because it's easier than <laughs> carrying the weight of yeah, this business. life. Yeah. 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 And so, and that's where it switches. And then he says, you know, come on in. It's so warm. That's death, right? Go into the light. And then da- yep, da- yep. David, typical, there could be sharks. They're gray faced, <laughs> right? They're grayed out. Carson said earlier. Yeah, the, the color they, tone totally changes. Why are they gray? And I and I don't know. What do you guys think? Why they're gray? Uh, I I think it's I think it's uh, a little bit. I don't want to I don't want to step on step on what what you were saying. Uh, uh, I think why the color changes is because it we started with Nate's eyes, and then we left through David. Right. It becomes. And I think as. Right. I, yeah, and I think as we got closer to David, as David got closer to waking up, that's how the color the color change came. Okay, okay. Yeah, and it could be David and Nathaniel still carrying the stress of the business and Nate's free. Of course, yeah, Nathaniel, yeah. I always felt was in purgatory, <laughs> right? I mean, isn't he, if he's still hanging around the funeral home? I, <laughs> I, I would say Nathaniel is more... The same way I always say, uh, uh, I, uh, my, my mother died uh, 18 years ago. I think I started to fabricate a lot of what I thought. And I think they sort of do the same thing in terms of like, they think this is how Nathaniel would have acted. And he plays, the, the, the idea of Nathaniel plays such a larger role in their head than he probably actually did. Okay, so it was more them than him. Yeah, it's more them than him. Yeah. And I guess I have a note down that Nathaniel actually did model that perfect balance between having your self-care time in a room and smoking weed and listening to all yeah. jazz albums and being the businessman. Because when we do see flashbacks in Nathaniel, he is Mr. Cool Guy. Yeah, all He's the time. He's never yeah. stressed out David. David's stressed out because David wants to be stressed out. That's yeah, just, yeah, a just it's a total choice, you know. Yeah, yeah someone has to carry the yeah. business. But that's per a se. choice. You don't have to be stressed out, you know. Of course, right, of I, course. Yeah. Right. So Nathaniel actually does model that perfect balance between self care and leadership. Of course. And so for him to like let his son go and 
I don't know. So I I loved how they were staggered. Nathaniel was back. David in the middle. Nathaniel or Nate ran in the ocean. So that that's it. That's all I got. I guess, Merz, let me ask you. Do you remember in that first episode, Nate tells this little story of like a woman they were coming over in the casket and they were grieving. Do you remember they were like at the ocean or something? I always had in my head that this is the same exact place from season one in that first episode. I am not sure if I remember totally. Okay. I think it is. They're, they're at the same location. I don't know if they're supposed to be at the same place, obviously, in there. Uh, um, I also, Jeanette, wanted to add on to yours the idea that Nate goes into a literal, we call it removal vehicle, but like that, this is what they transport deceased oh, in. Oh, wow. When they, you know, when they go to pick up a dead body, this is the van, this is the van that David lost and that's my dog or the idea of it right Ah, and like you know david literally says to nate like come on man let's go for like you know you're literally inviting if you want to call it like you know uh oh uh, yeah i hate hacky terms like dead wagon and everything but like this is a literal transport (laughs) you know he brings him from the funeral home to the ocean okay i would have never thought of that yeah it's only because it's, it's a big white van and really funny and how we definitely know it becomes david's sort of I guess he takes over the dream of whatnot, per se. Uh, the funny scene where Nathaniel's, you know, all of this is happening. Nathaniel just goes, want to smoke some crack? <laughs> totally playing into like David's, that's my yes. dog episode whole deal. I had you a know? Hard time with that. And I know it's because it was then, I bet Nate died in the middle or towards the end of that dream sequence. And, and David was falling asleep anyway in the hospital room and it took over for him. Yeah. I don't know why I yeah. had a hard time with that because it just ruined it ruined my experience. Aww. <laughs> you know, it's like, man, I just I I was really I hated that episode. I'll never I only watched it one time. I never watched it the second time. Oh, it's a tough yeah. episode. So I don't know if just I don't know why I had such a hard time with that, but I thought we were over it. Like, come on, David. I mean, and that's so uncompassionate. Yeah. One of the things and anytime Six Feet Under does a dream episode, I say it every time. Six Feet Under does dream episodes so dream scenes so good because that's how like if you ever just try to retell your dream to someone it's like yeah I was sitting there and I was wearing clothes the next thing I know I was wearing a suit and then my dead father came over to me and was like hey want to smoke some crack and then you know Nate went into the ocean it's like yeah. what <laughs> but that's like literally like you know like dreams are that yeah. random yeah. you know and then I I, I saw the a cartoon walk by and like what right. you know um and you know this uh david opens his eyes and nathaniel nathaniel nate um dies yeah, yeah that's it <laughs> uh and yeah and, and you know we the next few episodes we see the fallout from that and whatnot anything we would like to add i'll start with you marissa um it was just it was nice at the end that nate didn't even really question it. He just like ran right into the water and seemed oh, yeah, yeah. like totally a hundred percent content and happy and okay. So um, I thought that was nice. And I think if I had to pick a favorite character, it is David. Um, but I like exceptionally liked him this episode. I feel like he really held it together for everyone um, in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Uh, I just, I just, um, yeah, I, I, David's always my favorite, but he just, I felt like he, um, handled himself like very eloquently the entire episode. Um, especially since, you know, it was a very trying episode and stressful. I, I just, yeah, I liked all of his scenes. 
two things I wanted to bring up from the commentary really quick. Uh, they said they had, at first, they people on set didn't know that that was Michael C. Hall. Yeah, that's like that's so how funny. good the set designer was with with all his 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 makeup and everything. Um, the other thing that they had, they said that they were filming this on a cold day, and they had to keep having Peter Krause run into the ocean. Oh my and god! If you know how cold we went to uh, last Easter last week, we were on a beach, and. The water was definitely not cold. Freezing. <laughs> yeah, but it we were like, freezing. you imagine after running into that no. you know, five times. Um, uh, there was something else from the commentary I, I can't remember. Um, I guess not of note. Uh, Jeanette, anything you would like to add? No, because you guys have been just so gracious in letting me just say all the stuff that I've been excited about. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, nothing else. You know, it's it just kind of funny. Like this is, took us took us five seasons to get here and then... It's almost like computers didn't want us to get here to this point. <laughs> um. <Yeah>. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I guess the last thing I want to add is I think the last time I binge watched it before I discovered your podcast, I mm-hmm. got like super sad at the end. Do you guys ever have that? Like <laughs> I looked it, into it and it's like people get sad when the series ends. Yeah. Okay. I, I, let me, let me. Are you referring to the finale montage or just overall? Overall, when when like because I'll watch it. I think I said this is like fifth time watching it. Yeah. Overall, so then the last time I thought was the last time I'd watch it. <laughs> like I thought that was the last time, and so mm-hmm. I got really kind of. It was like a day. Okay, it was a day, and I just felt <laughs> just really down for a day, and I knew that that's why it was because it was over. It was out of my life. To not to not get uh not tip my hand too much, I get I don't know how to explain. I get into a weird state whenever I watch that finale montage. There's something about it, and we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, but I know what you're saying because I'll re I rewatch a bunch of shows. This being one of them. Uh, and yeah, there's always this weird like stagnant is the best way I could describe it for me. Um, it's just like ah, right. well, especially because. Uh-huh. You've been doing this podcast. I mean, this is over. Your podcast will be over. I, I, I'm in no shortage of Michael C. Hall because I'm now at the point where we are. I'm including Marissa here. We're watching four hours of Michael C. Hall a yeah. week. <laughs> it's a lot. I watch. I watch the. Ep- we watch the episode oh. twice, so we're doing it for both six feet under and Dexter. Oh man. Yeah. But I, I'm. I'm really happy with this episode and and the upcoming episodes because I know it's sort of like the prime of six feet under. You know. Yeah, uh, right. That being said, Jeanette, uh, again, if you could tell us where to find your podcast. iTunes and SoundCloud. It's Humanology. And yes, definitely. I, I give it the old digging six feet under grade A stamp of approval. <laughs> I don't know. I, it just, I, I, I listen to the episodes. I endorse it. And, and I, I think it's definitely a good listen. Thank you. Jeanette, thank you. Thank you, Jeanette. Thank you. It was really nice to kind of get in <laughs> And with that being said, we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. to the Digging Six Feet Under podcast. Listen to this and all episodes at diggingpodcast.com. Join us on the next episode as we review each episode of HBO's original television series, Six Feet Under. Please search and subscribe to us on iTunes under Digging Six Feet Under.